This is the Scum and Snake Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Snake, how how you doing today? Doing good. Doing real good. All of that other nonsense, we're just going to throw it out the window because it is week three fantasy football. The Scum and Sneak Show, our lifeblood is boiling. Fall is upon us. We were just talking about the fall fall. It's around the corner. Oh, it's coming. And uh, I'm ready to dive into week three. We've got a little pretty, I mean, not the biggest of sample sizes, but two weeks in, a lot has happened. I got my first win last week, much to my chagrin. Thanks, Ben. But uh, let's uh, let's dive into this episode <laughs> and give these people what they fiend for every week. What they want need. Yeah, let's uh, – yeah, I don't have much to do. Let's get into it. Yeah. Nonsense minute question this week. Yeah, Early. let's get a little nonsense. Let's break our brains open with some nonsense so we can talk, uh, talk the, the meat and taters of this deal here. So I was talking to uh, Big T earlier, name drop, about about books and reading lists and stuff. So my question to you, Sneak, is what was your favorite required reading reading assignment in school? So like, well, I guess it could also be phrased as what was the book that you had to read in school that you were most surprised about that you actually liked? All right, I'm gonna. I might need your help here a little bit. Uh, I don't. I'm Googling right now. Was there a book called like uh, Farm Boy or The Farmer Boy? <laughs> uh, that one I don't recall. Let me see. Well, it's it's a oh my gosh, it's along the lines of gosh dang it. Required reading farm book school. <laughs> Maybe this was a what were some of our required readings? Then? Yeah, far, Farmer Boy. There is a Farmer Boy by Laura Ingalls Wilder. Yeah, that's. Did we didn't have to read that in school? I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It's a Little House on the Prairie kind of spinoff, right? Yeah, that just popped right into my head when you asked me that question. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. We were forced to read Farmer Boy from by Laura Ingalls. Freaking. Uh... I was trying yeah. to be a farmer back in the day. Now I'm like still, still trying to be a kind farmer. Of, kind of a pseudo farmer of sorts. I've got an apple tree and uh, uh, been seeding my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Are you supposed to seed in the fall? Well, I seeded it. It's grown up. I'm thinking about throwing some more seed on it when um, she's about she's about to rain. go. Right? I mean, I'm just I'm just running by my own rules. Okay? All right then. Okay. I'm like, am I behind? Do I need to seed though? I mean, I think we're going, <laughs> we're going fallow this winter. We're going to dry that baby up because yeah. I complain to you. I, I had way too many snails in my lawn this year. I did not like it. Dude, you freaking got a snail invasion going on? Snail problems. But the book, What about you? Required reading, favorite book, go. So you went like elementary school. I went more like high school era when you start reading some of the classics. And I just remember being surprised by Lord of the Flies and To Kill a Mockingbird. I mean, like, you know, you hear about those books when you're growing up as a kid, and you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And I loved both of those. I thought both were great and cool and had no idea what they were even about when right. I was growing up. Then I read them, and I love them still to this day. 
Did you have to, uh, like, did you ever have to act out uh, Lord of the Rings? Or not Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Flies when you were reading it in English? I mean, I always had to act out Lord of the Rings. That's just, that was without <laughs> saying. You, there's always have to act out Lord of the Rings just randomly or when it's a, just, that's just a given. But yeah, Lord of the Flies, I think we did read out loud, but I do remember for To Kill a Mockingbird, we did a mock courtroom trial and it was me versus... Uh, the former South Dakota Buffalo, who's no longer in the league, we were we were lawyers against each other. I remember doing that. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like quite the debate. You guys are always um, debating. It seems like so. Back, too- even, it started back even when you guys were young bucks running around, huh? This dude came in a full lawyer suit. I was like, oh, I didn't know we were going that far. <laughs> yeah, you, sometimes you just gotta. Sh- uh, show up and, and and hit him with the the costume and it was the good uh, and the i'm not gonna lie i should have done it i should have matched the chutzpah but i didn't know i'm pretty sure in class when we read lord of the flies we were encouraged to like get into the characters and i remember i got into it pretty heavily and you, you were uh, like you were young kill the pig yeah mrs uh wazowski was just like you should be an actor and i was like done that's that was the moment i was like i will i will and i and i did so <laughs> oh, rest in peace miss wazowski yeah but what a good oh, man that is a great nonsense question for anyone listening hit us a quick text in the in the chat send us a message favorite reading required through schooling give us paint us a picture tell us a story on how it affected you yeah prove to us that you know how to read yeah let us know that you you actually know how to read and write and arithmetic you dummies i mean i know that uh, i don't mean to bag on this guy but i know that hesse gets all of his texts read out loud to him in the car so i'm i'm just saying i'd like some proof yeah because yeah freaking hesse anyway you know you know what they could have used in lord of the flies Hmm. tanker boots Tanker boots. Tanker boots, let me tell you, they were designed in 1937. Oh, that's long ago. During the height of the Second World War. Sorry, I don't know. It's right around the time of the Second World War. And a lot of reasons why they're advantageous for tank usage. Okay. So when you're inside the tank, right, it's kind of hard to maneuver sometimes, like a cramped space. So they got leather straps, as you and I would like, oh, instead of laces, so strap. much easier to maneuver. Heck yeah. And they improved, they allowed for improved circulation in the crew member's feet because, you know, you're sitting for a long time. So when you're in the tank, you got to have your tanker boots. Tanker boots. I freaking am going to get me some tanker boots just because of that tank fact. <laughs> Now, I'm a little bit behind the eight ball with my tank fact today, but just quickly, I know a lot of us are offish drones, uh, just run-of-the-mill cubicle guys, just working on computers, just being pushing paper. Speaking of paper, if you guys ever need to print anything, the HP Smart Tank 790 <laughs> is a beast of a printer, all of your printing needs. Uh, take a look at take a look. Uh, at, at your local print printer store, and maybe you'll uh, want to get the HP Smart Tank for your home or uh, away office for all of your 
You know, maybe you're the type of fantasy football player that wants to have paper, uh, you know, rankings and, and, and statisticals in front of you. So get yourself an HP Smart Tank. That's my tank fact of the day. I love that. I have the HP Office Jet. So obviously I need to get the tank instead of the jet. Come on, I got to, what am I doing? Yeah, I got to get the tank. Love it. Well, Shanique, let's, we kind of, we were on a fast pace today. We're cramming. We're used to just you and me flying through multiple things. Yeah. We're either used to just blasting through it or just talking for two hours and just com- completely going off the rails and not knowing where we're at or what's what's going on. And I know you're running on fumes right now. You haven't had lunch yet. So. I have not had lunch yet, but you know what? Clarity of mind as I'm fasting, I'm focused, I'm, I'm lasered in. So I want to go back a little bit to you. You mentioned like a small sample size, only two weeks so far of the NFL season. And also go back even further to our panic mode section last week. Mm. And now with two weeks down, I wanted to talk about some of the players that we're starting to panic about. And for me, the two names that come to my mind automatically are Russell Wilson and Kyle Pitts. Yeah, no, naturally. That's a, that's a really two good names to bring up there. I, uh, I am panicking and worried about the Russell Wilson uh, situation, but if I may go back to my previous Kyle Pitts uh, not being on his bandwagon from last year, no, Maybe you got I'm off that. No, no, no. You, were, you switched. You're, now you're in it. <laughs> Can I just go back and forth? Cannot. <laughs> yeah, the Kyle Pitts thing, I, I, it's, is, I would say more concerning. I would hope that Russell Wilson will settle down here maybe, you know, five or six weeks in and they'll start humming. But the Pitts thing, two catches, two weeks, like what's that – what's going on? Have you watched any of the – Highlights? Do you watch his his game tape at all? Like, what's going on? Honestly, I haven't watched much Falcons games because, like, they Falcons. Right. Yeah. But I mean, when I have popped in, I mean, like, Drake London is is Mariota's like favorite target, so that's obviously a problem. But some of the other stuff I've seen just from like snap counts and stuff, um, and the reporting is that they're using Kyle Pitts a lot more in line as like a true tight end, which well, obviously that's not. not his thing, right? Like, yes, he's a big body. Yes, you want your tight ends to be able to block, but that's not like, that's not why the Falcons drafted Kyle Pitts fourth overall. They drafted him to be a mismatch on the outside in the slot, and they're just not doing that, I guess. And that's like an Arthur Smith That's problem. always a very confusing thing with coaches and, and offensive schemes is like, why are you, it's like you're trying to be too, you're trying to get into your own head too much or something. But like just go and line him up at the outside or at the very least in the slot and let him go out there and run routes and create the mismatches and, and get him the ball. Like, why are you trying to have him? Who's he even blocking for Corderell or like, why, what are we doing there? He's not a traditional on the line tight end unleash him. And, and, and then you'll know then for sure, like you spent the draft capital, you're paying him top five money it's supposed to be this next great receiving tight end. At the very least, see if he's actually good enough to do that. And if for some reason he's not, then you know that you can move off him and we should go get regular old dummy tight ends. But then when he does it good, and you'll be like, okay, great. Now we've got another um, really good receiving option because Drake London has been doing good. Mm-hmm. 
He's his first two weeks, and you know, uh, we're two weeks in. He's been doing great, but they just are refusing to give him the work. And then Russell Wilson, you see some of these highlights, and I know you sent me that screenshot the other day of, of him missing wide open touchdown. I don't know what that – I don't know. Hoping it's just new team, new jitters, new system, new everything. They're going to settle it in. But you would expect – I think everyone thought he was going to come in and be the Peyton Manning of the Broncos. Like, uh-huh, let's just go out there and throw it and be really good. But yep. – to even say that now in the same breath of, of, of Peyton is it sounds a little sacrilegious because Peyton was have, was always now Russell has had good years in the past and and he's always been a pretty high statistical quarterback. Maybe he's got linger. Maybe there's a is there lingering hand issues from last year or is it just chemistry? I don't know. I guess I just don't know how to judge it. But definite panic, big time panic on Pitts. I'm panicking, but I'm still holding out hope. I'm not full-blown in the oven jumping off my roof yet with Russ. Yeah, I guess I'm in the same boat there. I mean, really what I'm hoping for is that by talking about this again, that we're doing the jinx thing and then Pitts is going to blow up week three, but we'll see. He just has to get used, and then he's not. And get for Russ, and abused. For us, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, better days are ahead. They have to be. But maybe it's just, maybe the ceiling that we envisioned is not there either. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's really the scariest part. The ceiling is a lot lower right now than what we, we thought going into the year. And heck, maybe Tim Patrick is a reason for that. Maybe, you know, Cortland, I felt like had a good week one and exploded on a good week two. Maybe that's just not a, not enough in Russ. And, you know, with Judy getting hurt and Judy being kind of weird anyway, I don't know. KJ time, though. But yeah, yeah, so those are my two names. Do you have anyone else you want to add as, like, a true kind of, like, alarms are really sirening now, even though it's only week three coming up? I think there – and I, you'll, you'll hate to hear this. There's got to be some sort of a distant alarm on Dalvin Cook. I don't think it's that distant. I think it's here. Um, <laughs> The, the he's getting decent number of carries. They haven't really been in positive game script to like run clock, but even when he gets carries, he's not that efficient on the ground. Uh, week two, so the Monday night game, he got like six targets, I think, but even then didn't do much. It's just, I don't know. I thought, I thought the Vikings offense was going to be a lot better. Again, to your point, small sample size, we've had one pretty good game from the offense and one dud where they shut down Jefferson. They shut down the whole offense really. And I don't know. I think, what did I say? I had Dalvin as a top three back this year. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's over. That's done. I don't know if he's going to get there. Um, we just got to hope that I guess the, the promising thing is he's still the main guy. They're not like working in too much more Madison. They're not even using, you know, Kenny Wangwu or uh, Ty Chandler. So that hasn't changed. It's just he is not producing at the same level that I thought he would. And maybe that is age. Maybe that is the domestic stuff from last year that's been brought up in our group chat. So I don't, I don't know. Again, I think I lean more towards like the Russ angle where he'll bounce back and be fine. But I think the ceiling is probably capped from what we thought originally. I'd like to say that after week one, big offensive explosion, Justin Jefferson passing all over the place. That was great. So Dalvin was 
sadly not involved in that. But week two with the dud against Philly, maybe they'll be like, okay, maybe we need to like get back to more of a traditional offense. We got to give Dalvin 15 carries. Maybe they'll kind of come back and be like, okay, oh yeah, we forgot that we have Dalvin Cook. Let's feed him some, and maybe that'll open up our passing game. So maybe this, I would say if it's not this week, then there's major panic. But I'm going to hold out hope that this is the week that he gets back to a normal Dalvin, you know, that 15 carry, five catch type game. Those are three big names for us to panic on. I'm sure there's plenty of other players that we're still concerned about. But we'll, we'll leave that for another day. Mm-hmm. Let's now, where are we at? Let's go ahead and take a break. So let's hear an ad from one of our favorite sponsors, and then we'll be back with the Power Ranks. This week's episode of the Scum and Schneek Show is brought to you by Spirits by Schneek. That's right, Spirits by Schneek, one of the many offshoots of Schneek, Inc. Fall is upon us. We're about five, six weeks away from Halloween. We're not going to get ahead of ourselves here, but this ad is just strictly to let you guys know Drink alcohol, booze, make fun drinks. Spirits by Schneek is here for recipes, for recommendations, for fun, camaraderie, and be nice to your friendly ghost and share a drink with them as well this fall season as the leaves uh, begin to change. Uh, Spirits by Schneek is always here to be your friend in need. Thank you, Spirits by Schneek. I feel like after our panic segment, I think a lot of people might, you know, feel the need to grab a drink really quick. So enjoy responsibly, of course. We are a fair and honest and responsible podcast. Yeah, among among other things, we are fair, honest, and responsible. But yes, partake and relax. Schneek, are you ready for the power ranks for week three? In the LD yeah. Dynasty League yeah. that we are all in. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Had some movement oh. after, I think, the somewhat surprising week of matchups in week two. So let's just get into it. And as always, we're going from bottom to top. At number 12, hurtling back down the ranks is Scum. At number 11, by himself this week, is Big T. At number 10, shooting up a couple spots, sneak guy. At number nine, just another massive fall from grace, Smith Ben 08. Number eight, off the fresh win, is Jimbo. Number seven is Gooch. Number six is Doug. Number five is Tessie. Both those guys move up a couple spots. Then our top four remains the same. New guy, Dason Jason at four, Wade at three, Do Nothing Commission, Brendan at two, and Ernie Fritz at number one. So if, where should we start? Let's start at the top. Again, uh, I think I posed the question last week, what, what needs to happen for Eric to lose that top spot? Uh, we said he has to lose to either Brandon or Wade or just lose in general. But as as we turn the corner after two weeks, do you feel like his stranglehold on that number one spot is slipping a little bit since he is only third in overall points and his team has looked a little bit less stacked than we had been saying all offseason? 
initially, I want to say no. Everything that you said before, he is has to lose, lose to Brandon, lose to Wade. I am noticing the the points not being just out of this world as we were uh, accustomed to in the past with him. Uh, but I did just uh, for some. I guess I didn't know this that he had Amon Ra, so he just puts Amon Ra in his his lineup where he's got the ability to play. Uh, Amon-Ra or Cortland, or really, I guess, the diaper dandy of the draft, Jahan Dotson. The biggest concern with his team right now is the running backs, which we'd never thought we'd say this. Uh, but Najee is clearly not having the same impact as he had last year. Eckler is apparently not getting as much opportunity, but he's still Aww. doing okay. Uh, we talked about the pits uh in the pits yikes and mixon is mixon he's gonna get his volume play i i'm gonna say no he's not slipping uh just because of the the sheer depth that he has but brendan is lurking and he's putting up major points his team is looking to finally be the real deal do nothing Finally. Finally, right? We need. Uh, we all collectively pro. Uh, we all collectively should put some juju, some some out into the world uh, for Dayson to uh, lose. I think we. I think we all want to want to see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, really, I think the biggest thing we need to talk about here is how in the Sam heck did Ben let me beat him last week? Ben, I mean, like in a baffling move, went back to back weeks with two players at a zero on his roster. You literally said that last week. Can this happen? And it did. And he's he listened. Smith been away. It's a listener again, but I don't, he must have missed the Kamara news uh, Sunday morning and just didn't get to it. That seems like a pretty egregious miss. I mean, I don't want to point any fingers here because there's. There's teams that we that just are working towards a different goal, but come on, how do you how do you not know Kamara's not playing, or at the very or not even care? Was he think he was going to beat me with a <laughs> with an out guy in his lineup? I mean, I mean, maybe he did feel that confident. Also, uh, Cole Komet, what the what's going on there in Chicago? Yeah, maybe you should have looked at your team when I wanted to trade for him. Ben. Oh, wait. But I, I will say it has been a pleasant surprise surprise seeing old 8 in the chat commenting and contributing to uh, the league. It is, uh, it's been fun to see. What do you have to say about our, our new middle group that's fighting for the last couple playoff spots? You could probably throw Jason in there, but Jesse, Doug, Gooch, and I think Jimbo's in contention, especially if he wins this week. Uh, he's got his good running backs. As long as he gets just enough out of his receiver and quarterback, he can win a few weeks and, you know, beat out a Ben or he just beat Doug head-to-head. So he's definitely in the mix. But where do you see uh, – this will be a big week coming up, I think, to start to separate it. But anything glaring – uh, for those guys well i would be remiss if i didn't shout out old jembo salt lake city b-gate flyer friends finally got <laughs> to meet in the most unlikely of places 
What a guy he is. Glad I got to finally uh, put a face to the name and all of the ingenious fantasy football knowledge and moves we've been seeing over the past couple years with him. Pleasure, my friend. I do like to see him get into that one-and-one, like you mentioned, really good running backs. Garrett Wilson is coming on. If he could do something with that quarterback spot and find the the right magic with the likes of uh, Pollard, uh, you know, and, and trying to figure out, find that really perfect lineup. His receivers are coming on. I like what I'm seeing there. Of course, all of a sudden, you know, we start out the season with Gooch as our number three guy. Now he's our number six guy, four, five, six, seven guy, or whatever it may be. Uh, he needs to get something going and put put a uh, put some better uh, juice out into into the world. Looking at Doug's lineup, you know, Derrick Henry is having his uh, Derrick Henry of old slow start to the year. He got a hope for uh, resurgence there. I really like what I'm seeing out of Christian Kirk this this year. Hesse in that boat of the the running backs situation with uh, Elliot Dalvin. If I had to make a prediction right now, I'd like uh, Jimbo's a steady climber. I would say Gooch is going to get back on the horn with a climb. And I'm going to say that Hesse with his uh, Buccaneers and Ravens, you know, he got a Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews set up this last week. I don't have faith that it's going to be an every week thing. Uh, Mike Evans suspended this week. Uh, you know, Elliot just not really getting a lot. Of, I would say Hesse's a faller. Jimbo and Gooch are, are, are risers. And uh, Doug probably stays the same, stays where he's at. Yeah, normally I would just say too, for all these teams that are one and one it's early, right? So you don't want to panic or overreact or anything, but we kept saying that with Brandon last year, you know, we're like, Oh, he'll bounce back. He'll bounce, bounce back. He'll go on a little streak here. And then he never did. could never crawl out of that. Didn't make the playoffs. So if you're dropping wins, that should be easy. Like Ben did, or that like chase almost did against me. Um, you know, those, those can come back to bite you. So that's, that's my only thing there about those guys that want to be in the playoffs that are trying to get there, you know, make sure you're setting your lineups and make the right calls. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Don't get complacent. Don't think that the team is just going to turn around with where you're at. If you feel the need for a trade or a lineup shake, uh, don't be afraid now, maybe steal a couple of these, these wins to where if you feel like, Oh, so-and-so is going to come on later on in the year. Uh, don't hang around and be like the Brendan uh, do nothing commission of old. And then all of a sudden you find yourself on the back end of a, a three and 14 record because I mean, crap, old sneak guys, his rookies are firing on all cylinders. And like I said, I may not want it to happen, but the universe just can't keep sneaky guy out of the, the mix in fantasy football. It just mm-hmm. doesn't work. It's like, uh, it's like, I don't know, gas and, uh fire you know they just don't go well together truth get it, get it? truth do you guys get it as a joke <laughs> freezing don't put a sweater on i go put a sweater on i gotta go jump this car really quick <laughs> coming oh, snake yeah. show professionals and we'll be right back
avocado oil, canyon cut chips. <laughs> Yellow. Um, so anyway, so we're anyway. ready for the matchups. We're ready for the matchups. Bye bye. And as always, as always, we're going to start with the scum matchup. The number 12 team scum and get your love versus, oh, the juggernaut do nothing commission. Number two team bottom four. I'm going to talk about sure shirts. Bottom four shirts. Uh, hashtag one year hurts. And I Is think. Is of the week? I think I'm going to be Hurts because, yes, it's the blowout of the week. Best coming sneak blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Let's go. It's the blowout of the week. We're throwing a bone to old Brendan. Do nothing, Kamesh. He's going to beat Scum and Get Your Love, which is not like a big accomplishment or anything like that. Yeah, Brendan. Gosh, don't try. You're always getting a big head over there thinking you're so wonderful. And it'll be- really all it comes down to is his team just runs off of hubris and uh, uh, brawn, not a lot of brains, <laughs> uh, and 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 uh, I guess no, that's about it. Brawn and hubris, while your team is uh, just a, an amalgamation of uh, will to win, but we're scrappy over here. There's a bunch of scrappy dudes running around over on the scum team where they just, uh, they know who they are and they've accepted it. And at this point, there's nothing anyone can do or say to change their minds. So they're going to show up every week, but they're just not going to give their best efforts. And even if they did give their best efforts, it won't be enough. It's just not going to ever be enough. Uh, Brendan wins through hubris and brawn. I don't think anyone on that team has any brains, though. Zero. And, I, you know, I haven't been a blowout of the week yet, even though we've been saying my team is at the bottom. But since then, I have traded away Kareem Hunt. I've traded away Curtis Samuel, those guys that were helping my team with points. Trey Lance is now hurt, so even though he wasn't – you know, week one wasn't high points, and week two he left early. Still, there's a at least what I thought, what some other people thought was a ceiling, at least a rushing potential ceiling that I'm going to be missing out on. So, again, easy week for Brendan. It should be, but we know stranger things have happened. But yeah, you know not what, much, not much to say about that matchup. <laughs> you know what I was, you know what I was thinking about, Jimmy. You just mentioned it. You know, you just traded away Kareem Hunt, who was having a good start of the year and who's, you know, relatively pretty good player. Uh, this is the year that you got rid of everybody. You're not really planning on winning. If a win comes your way, so be it. But you've been like the biggest Curtis Samuel fan, proponent, uh, supporter his whole career. And this is the year where he's like doing pretty good. Seems to be like super involved and 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 getting t- getting really good points. And you're like, nope, don't want anything to do with that. Get. Well, as always, you know, I'm just one year early on some of these things. I was I was so high on Curtis last year. Dealt with the injuries, never played, and now we're seeing the potential of what I was saying. So I mean, what half a point 
first come, right? Half a point. There you go. But yeah, I mean, as much as I would like to have had him on the roster, I didn't. I still didn't view him as one of my ultimate building blocks. Like I cannot give up, and I think really that's down to like one guy now. So if you guys are out there looking for some more help, uh, you know, there's more available. I think so. Um, I just traded him for what I thought was the best value I was going to get. Had shopped him to a couple other players in the league. They weren't interested. Maybe, you know, if I'd given Curtis like a, a four to five week sample to show that he's back, he's this is going to be him. Maybe I could have got more, but, you know, figured I'd just cash out while I could and see what happens. If he has a great year, happy for him. Happy for Hesse, who gets a, a solid receiver that he needed. And uh, like you said, so be it. So be it. Moving on to the next matchup, our number seven team, High Speed Chase, versus the number five team, not as good as I thought, both one and one. And this is this is a big matchup. Like we said, this is going to give someone a leg up, give them the, the better, the positive record. And they can, you know, this is an important win, even though it's only week three. Yeah, very important matchup. I was thinking the same thing. This is probably the most important matchup of the week. When I look at Gooch's team, what really stands out to me is the grit, the guile, the gutsiness that they all portray each and every week uh, within their respective teams, positions, and then all coming together uh, to be on the the Gooch uh, high-speed chase squad. Uh, Really, that's what stands out to me the most there. Uh, And I'm expecting a win out of the uh, the grittiest team that I can see this week. That's the uh, Gooch one. And now when I look over at uh, Hesse's team, there's a lot that strikes me. There's a lot that pops into my head when I, when I think about them, and a lot that pops into my head when I think about Hesse. You know, been around a long time, always kind of in the background. Is Every now and then you might, is, might forget about him, but then he's there. And you're like, oh, yeah, we've had some good times, but that was like 20 years ago, Hesse. And that's kind of when I look at your team. A lot of old-timers. Uh, you know, still in good shape, still got name recognition, but they just don't have the fantasy approach that you expect. So you got grit, gut, and guile on one side. You've got old, some might say decrepit, but also like uh, nostalgic maybe is a word I like to say. And when you put those two together, the grit, gut, and guile is going to edge you out every time because your brittle bones and your hot head, and just sometimes you just kind of forget that they're there. So that's uh, my assessment of this matchup. And when you say he's a hot head, that also means he's going to be upset when this is the upset of the week. Scum and sneak upset of the week. Scum and sneak upset of the week. Upset of the week, yeah, yeah. Upset of the week, he's going to be upset. He's going to be upset because he loses. He's ranked higher, but he loses to a lower-ranked team. So back to the Gooch team. You mentioned grit, you mentioned gut, you mentioned guile. 
is he good though? Is the team good? That is my question because we haven't great, seen it yet. No, true. And I love that you stayed in form, grit, gut, guile, but are they good? Now that is a question I'm not entirely ready to answer yet. I want to see this week. I think this is a very pivotal week for this this team. Agreed. The teams, this matchup for the league. They're saying the freaking universe. But are they good? Hmm. Are they good? Let that question sink into your brains. Let it marinate in your bones. And we will have an answer in a couple days, my friends. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quick question. I mentioned me losing Trey Lance in my matchup. Now with Jimmy G playing for the Gooch Gut Guile Grit, maybe good team, does that help the passing attack for the 49ers? So is it a boost for Brandon Ayuk? Is it a boost for George Kittle? If George Kittle plays ever? <laughs> Uh, will George, man, there's another good question. Will George Kittle ever play again? Uh, that is a good, that is a good thing you pointed out there, Scum. And I will say that it is better for the pass catchers uh, of the 49ers to have Jimmy Garoppolo back there, uh, throwing the ball. You know, Debo had a great year last year. Uh, Kittle, he's never going to play. So kind of like whatever about him. I'm, I like, uh, I, I like what I the, the I like the potential Ayuk brings, but just overall, yes, the passing attack will be better with Garoppolo. Uh, and dare I say that the 49ers might have been in on the train Lance broken ankle conspiracy that's out there. How they, dare you, sir? Do they know? Did they know? Did they set him up for this? Why else would they have kept Jimmy Garoppolo? There was a backdoor meeting in the 49ers uh uh closet broom closet where they were like let's the way we get out of this insane decision that we made for trey lance is if he just breaks his ankle and then it'll be like oh yeah well we got jimmy g to save the day and Uh why would they leak the stripper video the week before they plan to get Mm -hmm. him hurt there you go there you go put on your detective hats my friends this is bigger than what we thought and why was it always raining when trey lance played why was it Always raining when he played. Huh. Sunny skies ahead, but dark clouds in the 49ers past. Yes. And cobwebs and skeletons in their closet. And, Gooch, I think you should not play Stafford. I think you should play Carson Wentz, who is dumb, but he's just slinging it and has lots of fantasy points. So then you get a Carson and McLaurin stack, and then a Carson... Curtis Samuel reverse stack, but that's just me. Yeah, we love we love a reverse stack. Yeah, do that, Gooch. We do know how to influence lineups around here. Let let it be so. Speaking of influencing lineups, the number one ranked team, Ernie Fritz, Joe Mar Chahuro versus his Doug Thursday compatriot, the number six ranked NBA greater than NFL. NBA greater than NFL. Hmm. This one, you want to say it's interesting. You want to say that there might be a a backdoor loss that Ernie might be unawares of. Uh, But when when I start to look at the NBA is greater than the NFL, that team, 
I kind of mentioned it before. It's not hard to put my, it's, it's kind of hard to put my finger on it because it's kind of that, like, it's kind of that complacency. It's that ho-hum, what comes may come, nothing we can do about it. We just kind of try our best. And if our best isn't the best, then so be it. It's very middle of the ground, average, just kind of like trotting along, uh, you know, kind of that like Walmart, if you will, mm-hmm. of teams where it's like, yeah, I'll go get stuff at Walmart, but I don't necessarily like being there. And once I'm there and I'm and I, I got my cart full of stuff and maybe it's not the the best stuff, but I'm just going to accept it. There's a lot of just. Uh, and then when something does go right, like you find a good sale or you uh, find yourself in or you get bonus rushing touchdowns from Debo Sam, you're like, oh, see, see, then you try to convince it, but everyone just like kind of looks at you like, mm-hmm. so that's what I've kind of, my initial, my brain tells me about the, uh, the Doug NFL NBA what uh, team over there, but Joe Marturo, let me just, um, what I mentioned earlier in the show, you kind of look at his team, you've got, you've got just You've got what happened last year, just an amazing run. And then you've got this year and you're expecting it. This team runs off of this team runs off of confidence. This team runs off of um, a good in a good way resting on your laurels. Uh, this team runs off of um, special this team runs off of special connections. This team runs off of uh dare I even say love I when you look at the Joe when you look at the Ernie team the Earn squad the the Eric E Fritz he this team is made up of love and confidence and that's where the number one ranked team lives right now and it's going to take a lot for that to to change like I said, there might have been an avenue for a backdoor loss this week. Uh, but if I know Ernie the way that I know Ernie, he's always got a, uh, he's always got a peak around his shoulder uh, so you don't come in unannounced. And that's what Doug thinks was going to happen this week, uh, but it is getting blocked. Uh, you know, that's my, that's my assessment of, of this, this matchup, Scott. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Like, you could you could squint and say like there's a backdoor possibility, but Eric has with his roster. You look at like the way they match up. He's got the power to veto any big games that Doug has. Right, you start off at the quarterback position. Joe Burrow's got to bounce back. I know that offensive line is bad, but I think after at a, after a zero and two start for the Bengals, they get the Jets. They're on the road, so you know maybe. Thing a little bit there, but I expect him and Jamar to, to really bounce back. The running backs, we talked about them earlier in the episode. They're ceiling meh just because of the the usage for Eckler and then the efficiency for Najee. But the work, like they'll get enough overall, right? To to have a floor of like 15 points in our league between carries and receptions for the both of them, right? I think mm-hmm. I think that's that's fair to say. I expect Jefferson to bounce back. And the the darling of the 2022 season, Amon Ross St. Brown, 
mm-hmm. who was originally drafted by Doug. Let's just point that out. Oh, geez. Those names are just enough to counteract any potential big games from Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette. Doug's vulnerable because James Conner might not play. Chase Claypool hasn't really popped just as of yet. He's involved, but the Steelers' offense is bleh. And then your dope last week, Darren Waller, I think will return to being a dope this week. But again, reminding everyone that I won the crumble bet last year, last week, because Darren Waller had a touchdown, just like I said he would. Yes, yes, you did. Hats off to you, my friend. Uh, you got the better of me of this first crumble bet. You can expect those cookies this weekend. Hmm. Uh, and uh, just enjoy with family, uh, basking in your glory. Amen. And so, yeah, Eric comes out on top, has the head of ha- household of the matchup and remains the head of household of the LB Dynasty League. Too true, well put. Let's move on to the next matchup, the teams that we thought might be at the bottom, but they're not the, uh, the true scum of the earth. We got the number eight ranked team, Jimbo, the People's Commission. Versus our 11th ranked team, Nashville, USA. Big T, who has uh, bounced back a little bit, who's making some good lineup decisions, and maybe gets Gabe Davis back this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like to see Equi in the lineup. I do love Big to see T. that. Big T, Nashville, USA. Big T, the former Alaskan nomad, now the desert nomad. When I start to really dive into get my hands dirty looking at the T team. There's a mixture of aloofness, but also friendliness. It's like you're, it's like they're there and you always want them there, but even when they're not there, you're kind of yearning for them to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it all comes together, it's like this team just goes, yeah, we knew, we knew this all along. I don't spend a lot of time worrying about it. That's kind of what is on the tip of my tongue when I look at the T team. And then when I look over at the, the Jimbo team, that people's commission, the ha what I start to kind of write down, like in my, in my notebook, what I start to like put uh, on the writing on the wall, it's it's something, it's something borrowed, something blue, you know, something old and something new. Garrett Wilson, Aaron Jones, Etienne, Miles Sanders, Duvernay, Gallup. Eskridge, Fant, those players and many more on this team, something borrowed, something blue, something old and something new. That's the epitome of Jimbo's team. And there's a, then that recipe in the pot right now is working. So Stay the course. So we picked Jim to win. Yes. And 
I mean, I think that's true. Tyler, maybe when, you know, as we continue to see Damian Pierce, do you get that role of, you know, the main guy still not going to do too much with it just because the Texans are not going to score a lot. Um, still, I don't think it is the pass catcher, even though that wasn't like a major disparity in their last game. Beyond that, DK Metcalf is uh, not reliable for fantasy just because of the quarterback situation in the offense. And uh, yeah, you I mean, you had names on Jim's team that you mentioned that were all something borrowed and something better than what Tyler has, honestly, except for Greg Dortch, who I love, and mm-hmm. still still soaked up a bunch of targets, got a bunch of receptions last week, and that still bodes well for Rondale is what I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. That's my takeaway. Dortch them. Does let me look, let me look here. What could be interesting? Can Duvernay score another touchdown this week against the Patriots? He does not. Because Rashad Bateman has how many touchdowns? Uh, one. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Let's move on to earlier. You mentioned that the Chase and Jesse matchup was the biggest one of the week. Yeah. I think this is the biggest one of the week just because it is going to really determine, I think, how the rest of these seasons go for these two teams. So Smith Ben 08 versus Gee Buttersnaps. Ben is 0 and 2. Wade's 2 and 0. Wow. If Ben loses and he is projected to, he'll fall to 0 and 3. And I mean, like, hard to come out of that. That's hard. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I, 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 this, this is another very important, extremely important all eyes matchup. Uh, now for me, you know, as we, as we do with the Scum and Sneak show, tons of research, uh, tons of man hours looking into uh, all the stats, all the um, variables of the, the economy, the, uh, the uh, randomized uh, uh, integers, you know, we, mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we factor it all in when we, when we talk matchups and pick winners and, and why we pick those winners and why I pick those losers. Both of these teams, uh, for me, when I put them through my uh, models, uh, you know, my, my, my uh, mathematical equations, if you will, for, you know, the layman, the layman out there. Both of these teams are, they, they, they are, they're strong. They are secure, honest, almost businesslike with the way that they operate. Uh, not a lot of nonsense, uh, not a lot of fluff, uh, you know, kind of your nine to five, getting it done teams. And uh, I try, I, I, you know, I was, I was trying to like, well, how can I differentiate them? And it's, it's hard for me. Uh, they're all very, both the owners, very similar. Uh, the teams, pretty similar, at least on paper. Records don't necessarily show that. Uh, but that's where, that's where I start. That's where I had to sit back from my desk chair. I had to, I had to take the glasses off, you know, set them down, grab my, my cup of coffee, look out the window and say, am I, what am I missing? Am I missing anything? 
And after a long and arduous thought process, I said, no, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not missing anything. This, I am correct in this, uh, in, in this, I am correct in where I'm at with these teams. Uh, and I, and I can't agree with you more. Smith Ben 08, you lose this, this week. You're, uh, you're in trouble. And if old Wade, uh, wins, then he solidifies himself at the top, but then, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of what I, uh, what I think about these guys. Well, what do you think? I think I appreciate you highlighting their workmanlike approach to this. You know, they, they're not savants, right? They're not mm -hmm. accelerating. Wade's team is performing, but you know, that's just like peak performance, but they're just clocking in and out. They're not doing extra work. They're not checking during off hours. So both of them, I think are vulnerable because there's always the chance for layoffs and pay cuts and you never know. Right. Right. But Wade's team is just better. He's got Josh Allen. He's also got Jalen hurts, which I was thinking about. Cause after they both played on Monday night and both looked like great, at least for fantasy, uh, what a fun quarterbacks able to have. Someone should go get one of those guys from him. True. But Ben's team has just been underperforming all year, except for Cooper cup. And there's just not enough to to go up against Wade's team. I know the projections are close, but if Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle blow up again, which is, I think, possible because the Dolphins play the Bills, so that could be a really high-scoring game. Maybe Tua leads another crazy comeback and throws for a bunch of touchdowns. Um, so Wade's got that, like, explosion potential. And then just a solid baseline with Nick Chubb. You know, he's always going to get what, 16 points at least, 18 points, and that's in like a down week where he doesn't even score. So uh, I think going up against the questionable Kamara, going up against DJ Moore, who has been up and down, and that's the result of Baker, up against Tom Brady, who has not looked like the same Tom Brady, and that's because of his offensive line, because of his weapons. Like Ben's team that we – we're really into last year. Uh, just doesn't have the same sheen again, besides Cooper cup or Jonathan Taylor. But if we even saw last week, Jonathan Taylor can dud out. So, I mean, Wade, just gonna, just gonna take this one, go to three and O leave Ben in the dust. And Ben's gonna be wondering, you know, what happened? What happened to my team? That was power ranked by come sneak number one last year. True. That is a, uh... Couldn't have said it better myself, you guys. Uh, for all of you guys listening, especially this these ones right here, take heed. And we'll end it here, Sneak, with your matchup. Sneak Inc. versus Dason's team, Herb Stomped. Herb Stomped. <clears throat> well, we'll start with my team. And it, it's it's pretty easy. I think everyone would agree. You look at my team, it's the, the, the word that just pops up to you in neon lights. You can see it from a mile away as you're coming around the hill is it's sneaky. It's sneaky good. It's young, uh, impressionable. It's full of life. It's excited for the future. It's like, uh, 
it, you know, it's like the kid on, on first day of college where they're just like, wow, the whole world is in front of me. And that is how I view this team, my team. Uh, and it, it, it's looking forward to uh, what can be and the groundwork for what can be has been, has been laid and is being laid now. Uh, but there's still some holes there that within the next year or two will get filled with all the knowledge, skills, and essentials that life requires. And that is where I see this team at now and where I see this team going. This week, in my opinion, sneak guy, he's going to lose. Old Dayson will win. And then on the flip side, the, my, my opponent, who no one really knows who he is, where he is, what he is, if he is, why he is. <laughs> but he, hear me out, Scum, and all of our listeners. This team is controversial. This team is flashy. And this team has a air about them that they just have no regard for human life. And that is a scary, tumultuous, dare say it, flammable, ignitable, blow upable type of a team. So if you're listening, Dayson, just think about it. Just think about it. Wise words. <laughs> I say, let's see. What are we going to say about this one besides... I think our number four ranked team, Dayson, can win. He's got James Robinson, who has bounced back wonderfully from injury last year. He's got Stefan Diggs, who's a guaranteed 40 points a week. Ain't that the truth. And I know you showed better last week, but, you know, on average you're scoring about one, about 75 points a week. So between mm-hmm. Herbert Robinson and Diggs, Dayson could probably get that. So... I, I, I'm glad you got your win out of the way and you can focus on less winning. And um, I think that's what you want. That is, that is what I want. Unfortunately, we don't have a reverse stack of fields Mooney because why would Jason play Mooney? But that would have been fun to look at. Am I playing uh, Justin Fields this week against Houston? Well, I might I might play Daniel Jones just so I can watch him on Monday night. What do you what do you think? Oh, do that for sure. Do that? Yep. Well, let me see. Hold on a second here. Don't want to get my stuff. Justin Fields. What's Daniel Jones been doing? All right. All right, we'll see. We'll see what I end up doing here. Boy, have me uh what are, what's our what's our thoughts on Justin Fields? Fields, I mean, 
Well, we both have been believers, right? But I mean, the offense is not letting him throw. He's not yeah. really rushing. And uh, if they're not going to give him the opportunity, I don't think they're really concerned with making him the answer long term. So I feel bad for him because I thought he could have succeeded. But unfortunately, I think they're going to have his replacement drafted next year. And I hate that, but, you know, maybe he can revive his career somewhere else. Maybe it's all like a Jameis type scenario. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's the matchups this week. If you disagree, mm-hmm. prove us wrong. Mm-hmm. Snake, you want to get into the hopes and dopes? I do. Why don't you go first this week? Okay. Uh, my hope this week uh, goes to one of the most more important matchups this week. I'm going to go to the uh, Gooch team. And I'm going to put my hope on Terry McLaurin. I know it goes against everything we've ever believed in, thought about, talked about, dreamed about. This is wild. This is wild, people. But, you know, 13 week one, 11 week two, not the worst outputs, but not really getting a lot of catches. He's doing yardage-wise okay. But this week against Philly Divisional, I know Philly just shut down the Vikings and Justin Jefferson, who is like worlds away better than McLaren. But this is going to be a weird divisional game. Slay, I think, came up a little bit gimpy out of that Monday night game. Slay probably is on McLaren, but if Dotson keeps doing what he's doing, he probably goes over there. So McLaren is a hope. I'm calling he at least breaks 100 yards and a touchdown, which will do wonders for Gucci's team. And I'm just going to stay – uh, I'm going to stay in this matchup for my dope uh, because it's an important matchup. Uh, but my dope is Mark Andrews. Now he had a great game last week. Lamar Jackson's second favorite option, even though they're not friends. But New England is notorious for taking away, you know, players. They can't really take away Lamar Jackson, I don't think. So next best thing is Andrews, which will lend itself to a big Bateman game, maybe a decent Duvarney game without a score. Uh, but my dope is Mark Andrews for, for Hesse. All right, that's my hopes and dopes. So, you know, typically I've got nothing good to say about Terry McLaurin, but I don't hate your dope call this week. I mean, we know uh, the thing that he can do is he can blow up three to four times a year, right? So this is good, a good a week as any. I'm looking at their Philly matchups last year. He didn't do that great, but again, I mean, I don't know if he's really going to get a dedicated slay matchup or not, so I'm not ruling it out. And then on Mark Andrews, I do like, you know, what's Belichick going to do? Is he going to try to take away Bateman or Duvarney, or is he going to try to take away Andrews? I think the answer is definitely Andrews. So I could see him having a down game probably be fine like seven catches for 85 yards or something but i don't you know i don't think that's what hesse is looking for out of that stack so i'm down with your calls this week no greater debaters today (laughs) my hope this week is going to come from my matchup but it's on brandon's team it's Mm -hmm. going to be his his pride and joy Corey davis Oh, gosh. Corey Davis is coming off a pretty good game where he caught a bomb touchdown. And if you look at 
the games, the past few games the Bengals have played, they've given up long completions in both of those games. I know, again, small sample size, but they are definitely susceptible. Corey Davis, that's his specialty. Joe Flacco's gonna gonna sling it downfield. I imagine this game is is a shootout ish, and I mean, if there's any week to get cute, it's against Scum's team. So Brandon, you should play Corey Davis instead of Jerry Judy. You don't know if Jerry Judy's gonna play or not. You'll have enough firepower either way, but play the fun chance at another Corey Davis bomb. I like uh, I like that. If you're gonna get cute, this is the week to do it. Uh, might as well uh, put put your heart back into its uh, Hearthstone by putting Corey Davis in the lineup. And then you're not going to like this one, but my dope this week is Christian Kirk. Ah! He's been on a tear. He's been the number one guy for Trevor Lawrence, and he's been great for sure, 100%. I'm not taking anything away from him. But we've seen those streaks for these receivers kind of end after a couple games, and he's playing the Chargers. So their secondary is great. We've seen that in action. You know, he's still going to be the number one target, I think, but I don't expect Jacksonville to be that effective through the air. So Doug's really needing a big game out of Christian Kirk every week to, in order for him to compete and stay in that playoff hunt. And I don't think he gets it this week from Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I like your reasoning, but yeah, we'll see. It makes me sad. I'm sorry to say, I wish, wish you wouldn't have drafted him. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. He's good. I'm I'd be like, I'm impressed. And uh, maybe Christian Kirk is what made Tyler Murray, right? Instead of the other way around. Right, right. Which is crazy to think about. That's hopes and dopes this week. We will see how we come out. But, Sneak, it's time to get on with everyone's favorite segment. It's coming, Sneak, at the Thursday night game wrong. But sometimes we get it half right. I got it freaking wrong last week, and I was so mad. What a, like, I mean, we won except for... A pick six, which, yes, that's going to sound like super whiny and complaining, but, like, our defense held them to, what, 20 points, and we scored 24? Is that what, what it was? So Yeah. What uh, was my, Brendan said I might have caught – what was my score? Do you remember? I didn't remember, and I haven't had a chance to go back and look. You definitely said 27. I think you said 27-20, so you were close for sure. It, but. Sound that, I, I, it sounds about right. But this week is a barn burner. Yeah. Browns versus Steelers. Freaking dumb, dude. Jacoby versus Mitch. Amari versus Deontay. Chubb versus Najee. That's kind of like, it's fun. Those are fun guys. Mm-hmm. Freaking Fryermuth versus Njoku. Yeah, this is going to be like a dud probably. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Steelers. Uh, wait, no, am I going to go with the Steelers? Let me see again. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Steelers 16, Browns 12. Ooh, if that's not just the most typical, like, AFC North score, I'd like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Najee gets a touchdown. Okay, Najee scores for the first time. Not the first time this year, but Najee scores, huh? Najee scores, yes. All right, looks like the Browns are at home. So I'm going to take the Browns to win in a 17-15 close matchup. Like, yeah, that's, uh, that is fun. Once again, we've chosen different teams to win, but fun scores. And this time, Nick Chubb scores at the end to win 
instead of to like give the team another chance to to <laughs> score a comeback. Redemption for Nick Chubb. Redemption. All right, Shink. Well, that's week three. We're yeah. getting into it. Um, a little tease. Uh, should we tease it? You want to give them a little something to look forward to? Yeah. Some potential changes next week. So after you hear this one, uh, you know, be on the lookout. Keep that feed updated. Make sure you subscribe and get those notifications because we maybe have some new fun stuff coming for you guys starting next week. Yeah, that's the way to, that's, that's so important. Whatever notifications, uh, subscribe, keep your eye out on the Scum and Sneak show. Next week, we are doing a full switch them up. Uh, so keep your eyes and ears open uh, for looking out for what uh, is coming. We don't want to give it away. It's going to be fun for it's sure. Fun. Yep. All right. That's the show, Sneak. Take us out. All right. Thank you again to all of our loyal fans, listeners. Uh, countrymen, lieges, uh, friends, foes, uh, lovers, and we will see you on the flippity flop. Bye. Just in the bedroom, typically, but hey. Yeah. Um, hey, oh. Cha-ching. Woohoo. <laughs>